generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome back. You are listening to another episode of 30 and 30 from Keep the Change, keepthechange.co.nz. Hitting you every Monday, no, Monday, every day at the moment on a podcast, but every Friday, 9am, as an email in your inbox or a podcast over the weekend, something to teach you and help you learn about your finances and money. And perhaps as I get to day 17, I reflect on the Fergie tune Glamorous and think perhaps I should have been putting that as the backing track for pissing up in my 20s. If you ain't got no money, take your broke ass home. Somehow I still managed to stay out longer than I should have and spend more than I should have and I should have been taking my broke ass home. But anyway, today we're going to be looking at building an emergency fund and why we want to do this. Now I'm going to give you two sides to this. I'm going to tell you why you should do it and then I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't do it. So often I think people will give you education around what's good for everybody to do, but you can outgrow some of that education too. So I'm going to give you uh, something to think about for those of you who may not have an emergency fund, but I'm going to give you something to think about once you outgrow an emergency fund. Now there is no rule about how much money you should have aside an emergency fund, Uh, there is no hard and fast data as to what that needs to be because the thing with an emergency is usually you don't know that it's coming so then you don't know what it's going to cost. Now I've had things that have popped up throughout my life, had to have my wisdom teeth taken out, I'm pretty sure I financed that too thinking back, I should have done a bloody lesson on that, Finance my wisdom teeth to come out, I think that's about four grand, now that'll come out of the blue and that will smack you around a bit, you might have uh, one-off dentist bills, you might have Um, hopefully not something happening in your family where you need to contribute some cash or maybe a funeral or you just don't know, right? But usually an emergency fund, you're trying to save a portion of your income so that you can have it sitting in an account and if something is to happen in your life, you know you've got the ability to fall back on that cash. Now what that's done for me when I've successfully implemented it and had that is it's given me a lot of security and I've been able to act from a place of confidence because if you're anything like me, when I was pissing up through my 20s, as we've learned about, and not having a stack of money sitting there, 
when things would go wrong, I would go into panic mode. I would start to feel what people may term anxiety these days, those types of feelings of how am I going to do that? I'm feeling uh, unconfident. I'm not sure how I'm going to make ends meet and all those different types of feelings. And all of a sudden we are in that sort of flight or fight mode, right? And what I've noticed now that I've got myself to be better with finances and actually have some emergency funds sitting there is that when things pop up for me now, I kind of go, okay, sweet. And I carry on and it doesn't pull me away from what I should be working on and what I should be thinking about and, and trying to achieve the things that I want to be achieving because if not, if I, if I can't solve it, it spends what I call mental rent. Now this is a term that uh, I teach our clients about and, and that is the term mental rent and it is what is the thinking spending in your mind. We have basically the same thoughts every single day 90% of the thoughts that you have today are the same ones you had tomorrow. So you really need to audit your thoughts. And if things come into your life and they take it off balance, you will probably think about them day after day after day after day until you solve them. That is why the great Aaron Walsh says the antidote to anxiety is action. And the moment I learned that in my life, geez, has it changed it. What that means is if there is something that you need to do, fucking do it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it again tomorrow. Don't think about it again the day after that. Don't do that. You know, Stop and go, I know I'm going to have to address that, so I'm going to take some action on it. So for you, it could be getting off this podcast and going, I'm going to go into my internet banking and I'm going to set up a new bank account and I'm going to start allocating 3% of my total wages or whatever it is that you want to do, let's say it's 3%, into a rainy day emergency fund and I'm going to set up an automatic payment and then you're done you've actually taken some action. Now, when some emergency comes up for your life, you don't know when that's going to be, how long that's going to take, or what it's going to cost you, but it's going to pop up and you're going to go, wow, thank God I took action because now I know what Luke was talking about. Now I know what it's like to have some cash sitting here and I don't need to be sitting around in anxiety and freaking out and how am I going to do this? How am I going to make ends meet? You don't even need to think about that stuff. You go, wow, this is an emergency, this is a one-off, I've got to get my tooth fixed and it's 800 bucks and I had no idea about it or I've just crashed my car and I'm going to get that fixed so that I can continue to go to work and you've got 500 bucks sitting in your emergency fund and you transfer that over, you pay and you carry on and you don't spend any mental rent. How good? Because then you can spend your mental rent on things you want to be spending it on. Are your kids happy? Are you happy? Can you go to the gym? You know, What can you do to look after yourself? You want to be, looking, uh, you want to be spending it on ways to create more productivity and more fulfillment for yourself rather than, oh shit, I'm in trouble here. But often we don't put things in place to ensure that we can get these happening. Now, one thing that we do with clients is we say, perhaps you could save between 1% and 3% of your total invoicing and allocate that across. Now, for a business that might be different because they might um, invoice quite large amounts. But for you, for instance, you might want to um, think about what a couple of months of your total costs are for your life. So say you go through your bank account and you realize, you know, by the time you add up your rents and all those different things, that it costs you about two grand to live every month. It's probably more than that, but whatever it is, you might decide, okay, well, I want two months of outgoings to sit in my separate emergency account and it's about four grand. Now, I, over this last couple of years, had been moving my emergency fund over to sharesies. So my emergency cash effectively sits in sharesies because 
I can access it relatively quickly. You can sell shares on Sharesies and it will be back with you within about 24 hours. So I sort of think whatever emergency happens for me, I can um, you know, I can access that cash. It's got it's got to be liquid, right? So that's a term to think about is how is your liquidity of your emergency funds? How liquid are they? We can be very tempted when we see money sitting there to go and do something with it, can't we? But if it's sitting in a bank account, at least we know that it's there. Now, the the other side to this is how big this emergency fund needs to be and whether it becomes wasted money. Because as we know, inflation is here at the moment and this money is going backwards. So potentially our emergency is going to become more expensive in the future, but our cash that we've put aside isn't as much isn't worth as much as it was yesterday or a year ago, so it's not going to be able to pay for as much of an emergency. I just saw this morning before recording this podcast that Air New Zealand have come out and said all their flights are going up 5% internationally. Sorry, we can't burden the uh, price of fuel going up, so you're going to have to pay an extra 5%. That's a really good example. You might have a family member that in an emergency you need to get to, and now that's now 5% dearer. So that's why you want to be thinking about what you're doing with your emergency fund and whether you need to sort of rebalance it. I'm not here to suggest to you you need two months, three months, four months, uh, but you know, think about what emergencies you could have and then what the value of those may be. Because as an example, you might decide, right, well, I want, I want to have 30 grand sitting around as an emergency fund. Well, when have you had a $30,000 emergency? How many people have had a $30,000 emergency? It should have to be a pretty big old emergency to warrant that level of emergency fund put aside. So don't get sort of caught in the trap of thinking that, you know, you just have to build this massive fund. What it is, is you're building a fund that is going to give you your confidence and your thinking back. That's what it needs to be, okay? So it doesn't need to be this massive amount and you go, well, I'm not even going to do that because it's going to be so hard to do that and I'll never be able to save that much money and then you just don't get started. So start small and just build a fund so that you can get some confidence and know, shit, I can look back now and see that if anything happens to me, I've got two grand sitting there. How good is that? It's better than sitting there and not having two grand and going, where the fuck am I going to get two grand from? Now, you'll remember from the lessons where I was showing you about stacking a hundred grand that I was even building my emergency fund as I went, and it was just a hundred dollar monthly pay, a weekly payment, and I knew, well, at the end of that year, I just have to do this for one year, and I'm at least going to have $5,200 sitting there, and I could afford that, so yep, that's cool for me, but that not, might not be the same for you, but I knew, great, I've got five grand, and by the end of that year, I had five grand, and then I decided to put it into sharesies, so I rolled it into there, and I still haven't had an emergency come up where I've needed to access that cash, so it just sits there, but I have the comfort and the confidence now to know Right, if anything were to happen, I can access that money should I need to. And again, like me, now that I've rolled it into sharesies, you might get to a stage where you go, well, I don't even know what my emergency fund is anymore because I've got some money in sharesies or you know, you've got money in your bank account. You're not even really having to think about this. So you know, maybe you graduate past needing that and that's fine too. But what I'm saying to you is don't, continue to just build up this massive fund for the sake of it anticipating some massive emergency because as we've spoken about in prior pods when shit hits the fan for humans we usually find a way 
to get through it. We're very resilient, we're very creative, we're solutions-driven eventually. When our backs are against the wall, we figure out how we need to get out of there. And I don't think anyone needs to sit around with 30 or 20 grand worth of money rotting in an account because of inflation just for the hope that you know one day you've got you've got that money sitting there. So maybe try and figure out what you'd do with it. Would you invest it? Would you buy some shares with it? Would you put it in an index fund over the next two years? Um, but you know you want to you want to keep it liquid. So you might cop a bit of a hiding because of the volatility of the market, volatility of the market. But you don't want to tie your emergency fund up in a term deposit, for instance. All of a sudden you crash your car. Hey, Westpac, can I get my term deposit back? Oh well, why do you need it back? What the fuck do you mean? What do I need it back? I want my fucking money. No, no, no. You're gonna have to fill out a form as to why you want it back. And I'm not even joking. That's literally what's gonna happen. Sorry to pick on Westpac there. I don't know. Uh, I just picked out a bank name. So, but you know that that. You do these days have to provide a reason as to why you want your own term deposit back, which is just crazy, isn't it? Because it's your cash. So, you know, you're going to lose the interest as well. So just think about how liquid your cash is. And you might think, oh, well, I got 200 grand worth of equity. You know, I'm a, I'm probably mogul. But that's not liquid because then you're going to have to go to the bank and go, hey, can I borrow some money? And look, that might be a solution, but it's more layers for you. And it's more rental mental rent and it's more pressure and it's more slow down in terms of solving the problem. So perhaps you go, right, I don't want to just leave all my money tied up in my mortgage and pay my mortgage off faster. I want to at least have two or three grand sitting there. Should something go wrong, at least I can kind of cover it. And we all have to figure out what that level of money is that we want to have sitting there as an emergency fund. And it's going to be different for people who have got kids, for instance, versus someone who's single, versus a couple, versus someone who's got um, you know, family issues or whatever that they can foresee coming up, everyone's in a different circumstance. So that's why I kind of think the blanket rules about, oh, use three months of your income or save up 3% of your income for um, the next five years or something and have that sitting there or you should never stop growing your emergency fund. Blanket rules are kind of cool to get you on the path, but you've got to get to a stage where you then go, look, is this fit for purpose for me? And why have I got an $80,000 emergency fund just sitting there for if the shit hits the fan? Um, you know, have you actually needed that in the last five years? What emergency is going to cost you 80 grand? So just think, you know, that's all I'm saying. It's just sort of think about what that needs to be. But um, I guess in summary, this is a really quick one for you because it is very simple. But this is something that I struggled to do through my youth and my 20s because I would end up just wasting the cash. I'd have access to it again. And so I would blitz it or I'd wreck it somewhere and I'm back to square one, I don't have any emergency fund. But once I sat down and decided to get my shit together, it's still something that I built together and put together, even though I was storing quite a bit of money with my sister saying, hey, hold on to this, hold on to this. But I was still using, oh, sorry, I was still building my emergency fund because I didn't want to have to go to her and say, hey, this has happened, can I have some money? Uh, it wasn't about that, it was, I was trying not to touch that money so then I needed to then practice what I'm preaching now and still actually build up an emergency fund. And honestly, once you sort of start to stack some money and you know that you can take can take care of yourself and not be flustered by financial things that pop up for you, all of a sudden the car bill is 400, 800 bucks or something, you know, you just, you're on, honestly, you're on a different level of calmness and it's a really good place to be. And, I, and I've been at both sides of it where I've had the car bills and gone, fuck, you know, seriously. How how am I going to pay for those tires? You tell I don't even know I needed those tires because I don't know what snow tires was. Now I'm going to have to figure out how to get the cash for those, or who am I going to ask, or 
what's going to happen. So, you know, think about how you can look after yourself and what you can do to do that. And I think storing a little bit of cash off to the side that you can access should you need to, not because you want to, not because, ah, well, you know, we're going away on this holiday, so we might as well just take a little bit from the emergency fund. You know, that's different. Maybe build up a holiday fund for that. But emergency fund, couldn't speak more highly about it, but make sure it's fit for purpose. Review it year on year. Think about, is it practical? Is it just rotting away with inflation? Where else could it be sitting? Is it realistic? Do I need to rebalance it? Do I need to bring it up? Do I need to decrease it a little bit? And and what access do you actually have it? And is it very liquid? There you go. That's the emergency fund. A nice and simple one for you there.